Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of This Is Not History. So, sorry for being so late with the episodes recently. Um, the, I think the last episode came out maybe two months ago now. So it's kind of ridiculous that it's taken this long for a new one to come out. So apologies for that. The reason for that was uh, I'm not very good at editing. <laughs> um, yeah, the editing process was very faffy this time. Uh, the first recording session, uh, it didn't turn out very well. And the second recording session, which this which this episode is, you know, it, it just had problems, which you'll find out later in the episode. So, as you're about to find out, this episode is going to be a little bit different from what we usually do. Um, as this is a fairly new podcast, uh, I thought I might spice it up and explore new avenues um, and just really sort of see where I can take it. Yeah, without further ado, I keep. I, do, do these intros. Are these intros too long? I feel like I just go on and on a bit. Um, well, that's. If they do go on for too long, you can always let me know on our Twitter. That is at NotHistoryPod, uh, where you can let me know whether you like the podcast or not. If you want to tell me you don't like it and you wish you'd never heard it ever in your life, that would also be appreciated. Not appreciated, but. I guess understandable. Anyway, uh, let's get into the episode. And again, sorry for the blathering on. Right, episode, let's go. Check, check, check. One, two, one, two, one, two. One, two. One. Ruined it. Two. So loud. Three. Stop. It's such a bad idea. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This Is Not History. This is slightly different. Um, I'm not in the studio. Uh, I am in a churchyard in Soho with my good friend, Louis Luck. Say hello, Louis. Hello. I thought we'd try something a little bit different as the past two episodes have just been me talking into the microphone in a monologue sort of style. Um, why not have someone else on and then we can discuss and chat and have a talky good old talk. What do you say? Yay! Yes. Brilliant. So, uh, what are, what are we planning on doing today, then, Louis? We're planning on discussing two topics. Um, my one will be first, and it's on what if nuclear weapons didn't exist. Then my one will come next, and we will talk about what if JFK was never assassinated. So, uh, should be fun. Yeah. Are we ready, Louis? Yeah, come on, guys. Are we going to have fun? Yeah. So, go ahead. We're talking about what if nuclear weapons didn't exist, um, and if they didn't, what would happen during the Cold War, um, and how it would impact our politics today. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole period after the Second World War, the Cold War, uh, it's famous. If it's famous for anything, it's famous for the idea of mutually assured destruction and how war is no longer worth it between two uh, opposing powers because it would just end in World War Three, which wouldn't be very fun. Um, so uh, without nuclear weapons, would a Cold War even exist? This is what we're going to explore. So why don't you kick it off and tell us some historical context on nuclear weapons just to catch everyone up. 
Um, so nuclear weapons were, um, it was finished in America um, in the Manhattan Project and it was first used in warfare at Japan in bombing Nagasaki and Hiroshima in 1945. It ended the Second World War and it was used in replace of the invasion of Japan and I think that's where we should start. Um, okay, fine. So uh, an invasion of Japan would have to take place then. Um, the, this would likely make the war, the end of the war, a lot more bloody. Um, an invasion of Japan by sea would almost certainly, it would be like another D-Day, wouldn't it? Like, we always go on in the West about how crazily high the uh, death count was on D-Day uh, and the invasion of, of uh, France and eventually Germany. Um, and an invasion of Japan would uh, draw the war out uh, by maybe like a year, so the war would probably end in 1946, right? Yes. Um, so the invasion of Japan would be very bloody. It would also be um, would affect how the war would end in terms of how America would treat Japan after the war. Um, I think its control over it would be a lot stricter, um, and also in terms of how much money they could um, supply Japan through the Marshall Plan. It would be very limited because American people would not want that since they lost so many soldiers there. It would affect how Japan is viewed today and also a lot of the cities like Tokyo and... <laughs> trying to think of Japanese cities. Yeah, no, it's Kyoto, that's it. Yeah, some of their major cities would be destroyed completely, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Yeah, because um, Japan at the end of the war had no air power or naval power to stop the Americans. Um, at most they could shoot planes out of the sky but generally the Americans would have had the upper hand in air power. So the war would still end in an Allied victory. Um, you're saying that Japan would be probably more occupied in a more sort of hardline manner. Yeah. In a more direct sense, okay. Um, uh, how does that affect the, the Russians? Because we know that right at the end of the war, Russia in, uh, declared war on Japan and began invading through northern China and into Korea. Um, how would that? How do you see that playing out? America gave the all clear for Russia to invade um, Korea, and then they said they would divide it during the American invasion of Japan. The Russians would take the whole of the Korean Peninsula due to the fact that the Americans can't do much to stop them. And I think that would be probably the start of contentions between the two nations. Yeah. Um, there wouldn't be a Korean war then, if yeah. there's no North and South Korea, but it would still leave like a bitter taste in the mouth of America. Um, that sounds a bit weird. <laughs> it, would, it would be a point of contention, you're right. I, I agree with you there. How about like, transitioning on to the European yeah. uh, side of things? Um, so the war's ended, uh, but of course we still have two massive opposing superpowers, uh, but there isn't anything in between them stopping them uh, from going to war. Uh, so, I mean, in my view, like if, you, if you're looking at the rest of history and you're looking at the patterns, when there are two big opposing powers, at some point they are going to declare war on each other and they are going to... Um, have a have a fight. Um, so, 
how do you see that playing out? How do you see it beginning? Do you, do you think you could sort of see? Um, I think it would start with contentions over Germany, occupying Good. Germany. Territorial contentions over Germany, yeah. okay. Um, whether it's America wants this bit of land or Russia wants that bit of land from the Americans, it doesn't really matter. You're probably right there because I think that there are a lot in, on both sides who were thinking, right, so Germany and Japan are done. Um, now, our main rivals, who we are friends with now, quote unquote, like friends with, um, they are our main rivals now. Um, so we should fight this war now. We should fight this war when all our forces are mobilised, when our population is you know, geared for war, our industries all about winning a war. We should fight this now. We shouldn't like uh, to. We shouldn't let them gain an upper hand. Um, both I sides mean, would be thinking that. Both sides would be thinking that. You're right. So the war would probably break out at some point in the. Well, I mean, I don't know. When do you think it would break out? Um, I don't. I don't think it would take that long. I think it would be between a year. A year, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, because um, Russia realised that in terms of like in terms of getting countries on the side which is what both sides needed they needed countries on the side in Europe local mm. power um, to help them and the longer they let the Americans have control over nations the longer they can give them money and get friendly with them and buy them yeah. over basically yeah. and the Russians are thinking the same. The longer they, they give the Russians territory, the longer communism can be entrenched in the people. Yeah. And then they would obviously fight for their own governments, their own land. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be not that long. And I think in terms of both of their strikes, it would go through Germany first. Because um, I don't think neither side really cared about Germany in terms of it was already quite much destroyed so I think their hammerhead, hammerhead blow would go through Germany either into Russia or into France and it would all be a matter of how fast the opposing side could stop them hmm. so for Russia it, it is a uh, it's all about speed really because uh, in a long drawn out war of attrition they lose because They've got the manpower, they've got the army. They can blitz through the West as much as they like. They can take all of continental Europe. But they don't have the, they don't have the air force, they don't have the sea power, and they don't have the industry. Uh, how do you see this war ending then? Um, I feel like it would end in a similar sort of way that the Korean War ended, where there would be a border drawn up, not, neither side declares peace, and... It wouldn't it's just an armistice yeah it's just an armistice checkpoint and then they're just building up until the next time they can evade or whenever one collapses yeah I, I'd probably agree with you on that I don't I don't know about the whole armistice and uh, Korean War style enter the war but I think the war would be drawn out until one side just like the population just can't hack it anymore because um, you know with war comes discontent, uh, a general decrease in the standard of living, and um, it's just about whichever population can stand the most. And 
in my view, uh, it would probably be the USSR that would uh, dissolve, um, whether it be uh, peaceful like it was in the 90s in our timeline, or if it was, uh, or if it would end in a civil war, uh, like the one that gave birth to the uh, Soviet Union. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it would just be a war of just until until states just start dropping out but um it's interesting to think about how you know this is a very recent event like the it's a very recent invention the creation of atomic bombs have changed the game like they've just there is no rule book on this like for the past three thousand years whatever humans have been sort of following the same sort of rules of war for for 3,000 years and now we don't <laughs> nuclear weapons change all of that it's it's crazy but um in terms of how powers are identified now um like in the modern day without nuclear weapons it would be a lot more difficult um but there would be a lot fewer because like the only reason britain france and a few other nations are considered superpowers i said great that, powers great powers yeah um, is because they have a nuclear arsenal yeah. um, and without that Britain would be um, second class <laughs> yeah second class it would like, be more clear that they don't have a, they're more of a proxy to America yeah well that was pretty interesting uh, that was a good topic actually I probably could have I mean we probably could have done a full episode on that but it's cool to have it in a uh, sort of more casual uh, atmosphere and um, yeah that was a really good uh, really good topic so Thank good you. job on that well done well done Give, you know not, don't kiss me now wait till we stop recording anyway uh, ne- <laughs> what? Recording. what was the what? recording what what's going on <laughs> okay okay so the topic that I want to talk about is uh, what if JFK was never assassinated um, which I thought was a pretty pretty cool topic um, I'd never really thought about it until I read this book uh, 112263 by Stephen King it's very good so definitely recommend you check that out we're you gonna read it Louis no nope. okay for one of the most famous presidents America's ever had he only served for like three like less than three years so um, he didn't last very long um, and if we're gonna think about a world where JFK was never killed it's essentially just a world where he was president for most of the 1960s and LBJ didn't take over in his time. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what influenced JFK and what uh, what kind of president he was. JFK was a Democrat, but he just talking to you like that's normally. Just you told me. To, no, you, I'm just saying you like, handed just, it to me. No, I didn't mean. To do you want me to hold it or do you want me to put it down? Just put it down. Just talk about that. No, which one do you want? Do you okay. want it this close okay. or do you not want it close? Talk, talk about it like that. There we go. Like that? Yeah. Will you complain at me? Are you going to complain? <laughs> no, just go. All right. Um, so, um, his policies nowadays would be a lot more right-wing, um, but his his social policies are a lot more modern in terms of their outlook, um, especially when it came to the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, he did support it. He didn't support it openly until later on into his presidency. Um, but that's better than nothing, I guess. And <laughs> um, can't you can't? It's baby steps, people. 
This is 1960s we're talking Yeah, about. 1960s, like... Print <laughs> right, so... Remember when I told you that there were problems with the editing at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, this was the problem. Basically, uh, for some reason, this entire segment of the episode, uh, it just it just speeds up, and I, I don't know how to edit it any other way. Which is very annoying, uh, because uh, it's a very decent segment, I thought. Uh, so I'll like I'll just explain it to you what I'm talking about. Basically, the point I was making in this part was that as JFK was not as seasoned a politician as LBJ was, if he hadn't died and LBJ hadn't taken over, it's likely that the Civil Rights Act that he was trying to pass through Congress likely wouldn't have passed because of the because of Republican lawmakers. However, once JFK died and LBJ took over, he was way better at uh, maneuvering around around Washington and just getting stuff through. So, if JFK hadn't been killed, uh, it's likely that either a the Civil Rights Act would have been uh, passed, but far far weaker than it was in our timeline. So, without as many legal protections for ethnic minorities, um, or um, it doesn't get passed at all, and then the Civil Rights Movement as we know it. Uh, would have changed and you know there, there would, it would likely that the civil rights movement of the 20th century would have ended in a lot more uh, drawn out possibly even more violent way but yeah so that's what I was trying to say sorry I had to do it like this um, it's I, I'm just not very good at editing I'm sorry I'm sorry anyway back into the episode see ya um, his presidency was characterised by his uh, mistrust of generals. Um, early on, before he became president, he went to Vietnam and he was blatantly lied to by the French military. Uh, yeah, the French who were trying to quench the revolution that was going on there. Um, he, I mean, this is a story that you told me actually before the podcast, which I didn't actually know. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently JFK after being told, like, oh, it's under control, blah, 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 stuff like this by the French, um, he could still hear bombs and stuff going off uh, from his hotel, uh, which is kind of mad. So he had an experience with Vietnam before uh, the war kicked off. Um, but also, but the main time that he built mistrust for his generals was during his presidency uh, with the Bay of Pigs invasion and the Cuban Missile Crisis. So uh, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? The Bay of Pigs happened, um, and it was a continuation from Eisenhower's presidency. It was all set up during that time. And it was a failed invasion of Cuba to get rid of the communist government there. Um, it failed spectacularly, and he JF- was bla- JFK took the fact for it. Yeah, JFK was blamed for it. And this is when he realized that his military advisors I think were more militaristic than they should be at a time where it was a cold war and they had nuclear weapons. Yeah, and then the same thing with the Cuban Missile Crisis. He actively, uh, with unanimous opposition from his generals and his chief of staff, uh, he he would go against their advice. 
So in this alternate timeline, uh, where JFK is the president for most of the 1960s, um, he had a very different uh, approach to war, as you can tell. Uh, very different to LBJ, who was far more, who was far more uh, quick to uh, put troops on the ground, send bombers, send send bombers and uh, stuff like that. Um, JFK would likely try and keep as far away from Vietnam as possible, meaning that the likelihood of the Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese winning the Vietnam War, it, it would be all, like certain, basically. Um, so JFK was a believer in domino theory, as most people were at the time. In the public's eyes, he would be seen, towards the end of his presidency at least, as the man who lost Vietnam. Um, Something that people might not know is that America's, especially at that time, America's view of the world consisted of, in terms of countries that they knew, consisted of Europe, the USSR, and not really much else outside of that. So you can also factor that in in terms of how much they would care about Vietnam being taken, because quite a lot of Americans would be like, I won't, don't know that nation. I yeah, it. yeah, I don't even, I've never heard of it. It's a back of beyond next to China and it was going to fall either way maybe. They, they might have taken that policy. It depends on how much the uh, American government sort of digs up the domino theory yeah. and the whole sort of... I think that was more during, I think that was more during LB's time. LBJ's time? LB? <laughs> LB's time. You know, I'm friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> I think also another thing that would be a contention in his... Um, presidency um maybe later on uh would be the cuban missile crisis um he agreed with russia to move nukes out of turkey and if american press found out that they would think he was weak and it would be a sullied victory because it wasn't showing american military might it was just more um bartering um between him and the ussr which americans didn't like in the slightest um, but yeah, uh, he would probably win. He'd probably get the two terms uh, because, you know, in nineteen sixty. Yeah, he will probably win a second term because uh, when LBJ uh, ran for election, um, he was running against Barry Goldwater, who like it was one of the most lopsided victories in any U.S. election ever. So JFK would most likely beat him as well and get the whole eight-year thing. Um, but after JFK's eight years were done, LBJ would probably run on the Democratic ticket, um, running against uh, Nixon. It's hard to sort of think about how far the loss, quotes of Vietnam would uh, affect the American electorate. Maybe they would swing back to Republican, uh, to a more hardline stance against communism. Who knows? But it is interesting to think about how far this one man's death affected uh, American social politics in terms of race relations and also uh, it's their foreign policy in terms of uh, the Vietnam War. Right, sit down. Sit down. Pigeon bastard. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Okay, so quick change of location. Uh, Let's we've kill had it, some... man. Stop talking over me. Hi, bastard. Hi. You Hi. bastard. Parents were married when I was born. I like yours. <laughs> All right, everyone. 
quick change of location. Um, so sorry if the sounds all, the background sounds all sound a little bit different um, because there were some people sat on our bench yeah. and they were making a bit too much noise. Yeah, for... send hate over to their Instagrams. We'll link them in the yeah, we'll link in the them bio in the description below. Yep, send a lot of hate over, please. But <laughs> is your bum alright? It's just losing blood. Just losing. Okay, well, I'm going to go take Lou to hospital as yeah. his arse is losing a lot of blood. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit different from usual. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, Louis Luck. Thank you for having me. Thanks, that's really polite of you. I, don't, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Okay, anyway, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit different. Uh, let me know what you think, if you prefer this style, or if you want to go back to the sort of monologue-y kind of thing. Basically, tell me if Louis was, like, annoying or not. Uh, I'll, I'll just read in between the lines um, but yeah uh, stay tuned for the next episode um, sorry this took forever to come out by the way but the next one afterwards will come out a bit snappier so uh, I look forward to seeing you all later bye bye bye, bye. now where's my fucking money <laughs>